Another episode of Outstanding Life Podcast, and I am right now in the studio with a good friend of mine from WRIF. He is known as Meltdown. What is going on? I'm in your studio this time, and I'm looking around, and I mean, this is pretty, pretty sweet. I thought mine was cool, but yours is really cool. Well, this is what I call my my rock room. So. Um, I think the I think I counted the pictures a couple of years ago and I was at like 120, but that was a few years ago and I'm sure I'm well over you know 200 now. But um, what happened was uh, many 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 years ago <laughs> when uh, I started out in the business, I never got pictures or I never got anything with anybody, and so I thought, you know what, one day my kids are going to think I'm the biggest jerk on the planet. So I better let them know that at least I hung out with some cool people. That is so cool. And we're getting near that day, by the way. You know what, my <laughs> daughter is 26 now, and it's so funny. I you know what I do for a living, and I am not the motivational cowboy to my daughter. I am just dad. Right. She does, she could care less who I meet, what I do. Right. Do you find your kids do, do the exact same thing? Because, I mean, you have a super sweet job, too. Um, You know what? Uh, Are you know, just, just dad? Well, yeah, but just last night, like, I'm driving home from my son's hockey, and he's like, hey, uh, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so on the team said they heard you on the radio, and you sound weird, you know, and stuff. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> But then, you know, uh, you know, my daughter will ask me for stuff periodically and not a lot, but she'll ask me for stuff and she's, and she's a good kid. So I'll try to get her like, you know, tickets to like, you know, one direction or whatever crazy band she's into. Right. You know? Right. And so, and like, uh, this summer, I think I took her and she got to meet, uh, shine down. She likes them. You're nice. And then I just took my son and he got to meet, you know, five finger death punch. He really likes them. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of like the perks and it's, um, you know, it's just, uh, and they get to see what I do for a living and go on stage and whatnot. So. So let's just get right into this podcast. Yeah. What led you to the career of being a professional DJ? Well, it, it was actually, it, it, I can explain it in about three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how long it took. I was, um, I was uh, 17 or 18 years old, and I was actually working um, at a bar overnights. I was doing, uh, I was doing like just, you know, janitorial stuff overnights at this bar. So I would get up on Tuesday, uh, Monday and Tuesday mornings before I went to school, and I would... Um, I would go clean the bar and then I would go to, to school. And as I'm at the bar, I'm thinking to myself, man, what, what am I going to do with my life? You know, the whole thing. So uh, just like, uh, I don't know, just like a lightning bolt to the heads, I heard this guy on the radio and he was so bad. And at that moment, I'm like, <laughs> how old were you? That's what I'm going to do. I was like 17 or 18. 17, 18 years old. And you said, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. So ironically enough, it's it's funny that you're here right now because um, Friday was the 29th anniversary of the day I got hired in radio. No kidding. Yeah. So- this was the funniest question that it just came up on social media. I put out there that, you know, I was going to, I didn't say who I was going to be interviewing and somebody, and it had to be another DJ because they said, ask him if he's ever been fired from a DJ and job because we all have been fired at least once. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've been fired twice. I was fired. Uh, well, what happened was the station back home was sold and they let, they let me go. So and then they home? brought me back. Uh, back in Buffalo. Okay. And so then they brought me back. But then, um, and then on June 24th, I think, 2000, or I'm sorry, June 24th, 1995, um, the station uh, flipped formats and then they, they let me go. So then I spent the whole summer. I was already in radio for like five or six years. And then they, um, they, I spent the summer, you know, drinking beer, riding my Harley and playing softball, looking for a job. <laughs> and uh, I was watching uh, the OJ Simpson trial. Uh, in October that year, and uh, and I got a call like, "Hey, how'd you like to come to Detroit?" And I'm like, well, "I'm not doing anything now." So November first, 1995, is when I came here. No kidding. Am Do you I... remember your first gig as a DJ? What kind of music were you playing? Well, what was of course, it like? yeah. Well, well, I remember a lot of things. Uh, the first, the first, uh, the first job I had. On the radio was doing was board hopping, so it was an oldie station. It was piped in on satellite, and so what I had to do is I had to fill the commercials. Okay, and so they give you like a two minute window or whatever, right. two minute avails they call, and so they um so I'd have to put the uh, commercials in and stuff. And I was hired um on that day, September twenty eighth, nineteen you know ninety nineteen eighty nine, by a, a legendary morning show host in Buffalo who I grew up listening to. So I'm interviewing with them, and then he hires me. I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. Wow, and that's so awesome. then. So my first gig was like, my first job was to do that. And I did that for five months. And okay. while I was doing that, I would give my tapes 
to the uh, program director on the FM rock station. You're making us sound so old. Tapes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Well, that's what it was. Kids were like, what the heck? What, what are they talking about? <laughs> yeah, cassette tapes. Yeah, my demo tapes. So what happened was I did that, and five months later, on February 10th, 1990, he gave me a shot on the air, the other program director. Yeah. Did, because I was, you know, persistent. That is so cool. And so he, he actually, he put me on. He put me on for... Uh, I, I was on overnights I, on Saturday nights, like from midnight to six, just one night a week, you know? And it was cool. I'd never been on the radio before. Yeah. And my first ever radio shift, it was horrible. <laughs> I mean, beyond horrible. And my, actually my uncle. So back then, were you actually playing albums? No, I only played one record and that was a green grass and high tide because um, it, was, it was just too long and the cart, <laughs> you know, there wasn't, there wasn't a carts long enough for it. So we didn't have it on CD, but it was all CDs. So overnights, so you had to be uh, like hooked on either. Well, I don't even know if they had energy drinks back then. So coffee, you, black coffee, had to be, be your yeah, thing. Yeah, I huh? don't drink coffee. So and I don't. Wait I, a know, second, you've been doing this for how long? Yeah, almost thirty years. Yeah, and and you don't drink coffee don't at drink, all. No. Now, did you have a bad experience? Is that why? I just don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but no coffee. No coffee. No. So then, uh, it, I, I went on the air in February tenth. And two months later, the guy who put me on the air decides he's going to leave and go somewhere else. I'm like, oh, my career is over before it began. Long story short, the guy that came in after him and took over that radio station, he um, he actually put me on a better shift after a couple months of feeling me out and yeah. figuring out what was going on. He put me on a better shift. And then there were just guys that were there that had already worked there years before me that were now after me. So what is, were you always meltdown? Yeah. And how did you come up with your... I guess I don't even know what stage name or yeah. you know, just like mine. I don't even know what you call it, but the motivational cowboy. I mean, it just happened accidentally. Well, your name's a little more descriptive of what you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I was in school, they um, there was a character on the radio on a morning show or something called Meltdown Mitch. Long story short, my friends started calling me the Meltdown <laughs> one. And then when I got on the radio, what happened was when I was... Before I actually got a job in radio, I would call up the overnight DJs and they would put me on the radio. And the one guy, Ted Shred, would put me on as the meltdown one. And so what happened was he put me on. And um, <clears throat> then when I got on the radio, they said, just call yourself meltdown. That's oh, it. so they, they gave you the well, name. Well, everyone knew me as that right. anyways. Yeah. So that's and, cool. Yeah. Art Wander, this uh, legendary radio guy says, hey, uh, yeah, just call yourself meltdown. And that was it. So you came to Detroit when you were how old? I was about, um, I think. 20, um, 26. And you came to Riff, which has yeah. been the rock and roll station f ever since I was a kid. I mean, yeah. I literally last night, knowing that I was going to come here and do the podcast with you, I went through and these things got to be 40 years old, all the old bumper stickers. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. All, I mean, we're now I'm not talking about the repops. Right. I'm talking about the old riff and and all the cool uh, bumper stickers because bumper stickers back then we didn't have social media so everybody had bumper stickers to to let them know what they listened to and what they did and stuff like that were you a fan of always collecting stuff like that you know not so much the bumper stickers but i do if you look around i do have like some riff uh, you know, paraphernalia that's, you know, kind of unique or whatever. I got some, when Guns N' Roses played here, I got the Guns N' Roses stuff. I got some Ozzy Ozfest stickers, different things like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's like, you know, the Rift is obviously iconic, and I'll never forget pulling into the parking lot for my interview in mid-October of 1995 and seeing the Rift fans and seeing that logo. I'm like, holy crap, <laughs> you know? And so then I started, I started, I was hired to do 2 a.m. to 5.30, which I did, until now, a.m. or p.m.? A.m. So I was on, I didn't start till 2 a.m. <laughs> and uh, I lived down by where you live. Yep. And I remember my first air shift was uh, November 1st. So it was Halloween night. So I was driving up Telegraph Road. You know how the, you know how the, you know how the lights all change? Yeah. I'm like, well, I didn't know anything about that. So I'm here and I'm like, this is the greatest day of my life. All the lights are changing perfectly for me. <laughs> that Even, is so cool. Uh, 2 a.m. So let me ask you this. I don't even know if you're allowed to say just not if I if yeah. I ask the wrong question. No, you're good. What, but 2 a.m. I mean, you're a young guy. Yeah. We all went to the bars and stuff like that. Did you ever go into work with, you no, know? No, I never did. I never did. And I yeah. You know what though? It's like, no, it, listen, I'm not gonna say I haven't had my my drinks, okay? Right, right. But uh I can honestly say I've never 
uh, gone into work, you know, after having drinks. Yeah. That being said, I've done live <laughs> broadcasts before and I've had a couple, but I usually wait till the very, very end. Okay. Then, then just the opposite. You're out too late at a concert the night before. Yeah. And walk in with a hangover. I don't and, usually. And, and I know that I know that I've done it once. Yeah. For speaking, and it's not funny. I never did it again. Yeah. I, I learned real quick what not to do the night before a well, big talk. Well, I'll just put it this way. Like, uh, just a quick example. One of our mutual friends gave me a ride home one night, and we got <laughs> home at 5.30 after a show. <laughs> and I can't say that I was drunk or hung over the next day, but uh, you can definitely hear it in my voice that it's been a long, rough night. <laughs> so, <laughs> You know, like many of your uh, peers, um, you're wearing more and more hats these days. How are you handling that as a DJ? I mean, you are doing so much more than like just being on the air. Yeah. How are you handling that? And and it keeps it seems like we were just talking about this before we start recording. It seems like it's getting worse where they're giving more and more and more to you and taking more and more away from us. <laughs> well, I don't know if they're taking more away from me, but you know what? Look, uh, you know, I make a good living and it's like uh, I want to, you know, I want I'm kind of a creative person, so I want to show my creative side. So so it's like now I'm doing a video every single week, which is a lot harder. I used to do them before, but I didn't have to do them like every week. I could just do them whenever I had a thought. I or watched whatever. a couple of them yesterday. Yeah, they're the previous, the recent ones. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And so, like, actually, you just did one because you were talking about going to see Kid Rock, and you're talking about the uh, Red Wings. Yeah, the Red Wings. Yeah. yeah. So that was just yeah. yesterday. Yeah. So anyway, so that kind of stuff is all like you know added on. Now, thank thankfully, I don't put that stuff together. It's always one of those things where it's like. Um, you know, that somebody there, you know, helps me with that. And I come up with the ideas. That being said, I try to keep them uh, somewhat easy because right. I don't want to have this guy working, you know, 14 <laughs> hours on this thing. So uh, those are cool. I like them. I really like doing my podcast because, um, you know, it gives me a chance to uh, to kind of peek under the hood a little bit. And yeah. um, when I'm interviewing these rock stars, which is 98% of what I do, um, I know or have dealt with a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And I like to kind of show people you know, like what these guys are about. That being said, I don't get to sit down like you and me are right now with like for an hour. Right. Because sometimes they're doing interview junkets. Sometimes uh, they're not. Sometimes it's like I'll, I just did an interview a few weeks ago. Uh, this guy's uh, wife contacted me via Instagram. She's like, hey, you know, Johnny, my husband from Typo Negative is going to be up in Flint if you want. I'm like, sure, I'll do that. Wow. So, that's kind of cool that they're reaching out to you now. Well, let's talk about your podcast. I mean, where where can people download it? How what what's it called? Yeah, it's called Radio Chatter, and it's on uh, you know iTunes and Apple and the whole thing. You just Google Radio Chatter, and it comes up. But uh, yeah, so what happened was uh, back in 2016, my goal was to do one a week, and I didn't know if I could even achieve that. So <laughs> I called in some favors and stuff. You were just talking about the guy painting NASCAR helmets. Yeah. So like one of my podcasts that year was like one of my buddies who paints. Uh, uh, NHL goalie helmets. Oh, right. Up in a uh, grand blank. Okay. And he's done like, you know, Jimmy Howard's and whatnot and the whole thing. So I yeah. talked to him and I think I did that year. I did pretty much one a week, even though I fudged a few until the middle of December. And I was supposed to interview Sebastian Bach from Skid yeah. Row. Nice. And he blew me off twice. And then I found out <laughs> later that, uh, he had some sort of like legal wranglings or whatever. So anyhow, um, so then the following year I went from just trying to do one a week to the following year doing 91 and wow. there was i think there was one week i did five you know and sometimes you could save them or you know whatever you know i think this year i just did my like i don't know 84th or something like that holy cow but what that's with um you know this week was with zachy vengeance uh from avenge sevenfold who i've become friends with I, it's like the weird thing he he follows 20 people on Twitter. I'm one of them. I don't know why. And so I asked him one time, I go, dude, why do you follow me on Twitter? He goes, I don't know. We did an interview one time. I liked you. Start started following you. I'm like, that works for me. Who's the coolest interview you have ever done? Man, people ask this all the time. It's like, um, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's always like, I don't know. It's always a challenge. Like this year, like, like I interviewed David Coverdale from Whitesnake. And that guy, like I even told his guitar player, Joel, who I also interviewed a few weeks ago, I go, that guy's so much fun to talk to because, you know, he's had all the chicks. He's got all the money. He's got <laughs> nothing left to prove. He's in the twilight of his career. He doesn't right. care, you know? Who has been one that has been one of the most challenging for you? Well, and I thought about this last night because I, I come up with these because certain things that happened in my career, 
I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to ask somebody else the exact same question. Well, you probably deal with race car drivers that like, um, that if you're not on top of your game, they might call you out on it. Right. right? Yeah. So there's a few, um, there's a few rock guys like that. Like, uh, I know a Dave Mustaine's pretty thoughtful, although in the, from Megadeth, although in, in, in the recent years, his interviews have been a lot easier. I think that um, somewhere along the line, someone said, hey, man, you got to chill on these guys. Because, you know, look, <laughs> look, you know, you're interviewing how many race car drivers, right? Yeah, yeah. You can't know the ins and outs of their life, so they have to help you out a little bit mm-hmm. with it, right? And it's like, I'm interviewing hundreds of rock stars. I can't be an expert on every band. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, David Draymond from Disturbed is real thoughtful and deliberate with what he says. Super nice guy. Yeah. Uh, um, I did talk to Mike Patton from Faith No More years and years and years ago, and it was horrible. And um, <laughs> he was just a jerk. Now, that being said, <laughs> those are, those are, there are guys out there like that where I'm like, I want another crack at the cup. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, like I remember interviewing Rob Zombie one time years ago, and it just, it just went horribly. And then I'm like, the next time it was fantastic because right. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do, it. I'm gonna get this. You know, <laughs> right, you're yeah. not gonna beat me. You know, what about? Have you ever had um, bands? And, I, and I'm going old school with you here. Mm-hmm. Bob Seger, Kiss, super nice guy. Yeah, Bob Seger's great. I've never interviewed him, but I've uh, been around with him a little bit. Great. Wait a second, you're from? Well, not from Detroit, but you've been around Detroit for 30 years. Yeah, Bob Seger's from here too. Yeah, you have never interviewed. Bob, even on the radio? No, I've never interviewed him. But really? I uh, that's I, crazy. I got a picture of me and him over there at Kid Rock's Halloween party from yeah. a few years ago. And um, but no, I just it just you know we we were a different kind of a radio station, you know, right. than, than they were you know when you were growing up. I've interviewed like you know Nugent. Um, obviously, I've interviewed Kid Rock a bunch of times. Yeah. Nugent's um, a lot of fun. I've I've flown home with him, and it's so funny because everybody would think that he is on a private plane all the time and stuff. Just first class, him and his wife, some, mm-hmm. you know, so, and talk to him all the way down to baggage claim. There was nobody getting his luggage. Yeah. It was him getting it. Just a cool, cool dude. I love Nugent. I think he's hysterical. He entertains me the same way you just mentioned Kiss, like uh, Gene Simmons is entertaining. It's like they bring <laughs> egomaniac. Okay. In- we're about the same age. Yeah. We, you, we were brought up on like Kiss yeah. and stuff like that. What was it like for you to all of a sudden be in a situation that you're able to interview people that you looked up to and listened to when you were a kid. Well, nowadays it's kind of become like a, you know, it's kind of become, it's a job, right? But it's like at the same point, it's still exciting. It's still fun. Yeah. You know, like I'll throw on my personal Facebook for all my friends, you know, just last week, I'm like, sometimes at work you get to talk to Slash, you know, it's like, it's cool. You know, I'm not going to say it's not cool, but, uh, you know, sometimes when you're talking to them, like I was interviewing Joe Perry one time, uh, right there. Yep. And at, at, at that particular interview, and I was wrapping things up with them, and I thought to myself, man, you know, this guy wrote some of the songs, you know, the the, the um, you know, the soundtrack to my childhood, and he's been with this guy Steven Tyler, and they're like two peas in a pot. Mm-hmm. I just said, dude, you guys are like brothers. I goes, oh man, we really are. You know, the whole thing, and he kind of so went awesome. into it. So, what's a typical day for you going to work? Because I thought about this just the other day. I was like, you know what? We hear you three, four hours on the air, mm. but you work a whole lot more than that, I'm sure. I try not to. <laughs> yeah. So my typical yeah, day is- Walk us through a typical day as a DJ. Well, usually I usually have a guy a come famous over- famous radio yeah, Usually DJ. I have a guy come over to my house before I go to work and interview me. <laughs> no. Uh, so seriously, what, what usually happens is I always get some sort of workout in. Always. Yep. Whether it be like this morning I played hockey- uh, yesterday, you I already played out. this morning. Yeah, no kidding. And then I'll play it. I played seven thirty, and then I'll play tomorrow. Then Friday, I don't have a uh, our skate got canceled, so I'll work out again on Friday. So I always try to get exercise in because it's like you know we're not getting any younger, right? Yep. So then um, I'll usually screw around a little bit. Sometimes I have interviews. Sometimes I have interviews as early as nine a.m. Sometimes they're at eleven. They try to work around our schedule because sometimes they're on the West Coast. So do you have to go in for those? Yeah. So I got to do them. I do them all at work. Sometimes okay. they're on the West Coast, you know, you know, and they might do, you know, they might start their interviews at 9 a.m. their time. It'd be noon our time. You know what I'm saying? So, so you're on the radio from three to seven. You don't just go in at two thirty and just jump on the no, radio work never, and that's it. Never. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you another reason why. Because I feel so like do you have people do your stuff for you. Do you have interns and stuff that no. that, that prepare everything zero. for you? Give you your notes for the day. No. Give you- <laughs> I have zero. <laughs> I have nothing. You don't have people? No. 
I am my people. <laughs> uh, the only people I have are the guys that that do my videos. Okay, the, you know I got a couple guys, Janelle and Eric, that you know that do my videos and stuff, and uh, and they kind of you know they kind of see my Scorsese like vision, and then they uh, <laughs> they implement. But uh, no, so I, I'm usually I'm probably almost always at work by one o'clock. Unless I have a podcast or something, and then I'll go in a little bit earlier. Now, if I if I have to do an interview, of course I'll be. Let's say I have an interview and doing it in four days. I'll start like just I'll start gradually start you know um you know researching and doing different things mm-hmm. to to kind of figure out what's going on with those guys. Yeah, I I've seen your notes. I thought mine were bad. Oh yeah, you can't even read them. Are oh, you talking about Instagram? <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're horrible. <laughs> you know what? A lot of times I um I just jot down thoughts. Yeah, or I jot down things that I want to know. Yeah, Chris Jericho. You know who that is? Yeah, so Chris Jericho told me something super interesting in the interview last last year, and um, he uh he does his podcast. It's really popular mm-hmm. and stuff. He says whenever he sees a guy come down and sits down and notes, he knows this is gonna be a bad interview. Yeah, and it's like that. I don't really buy that, but he says the best interviews are when you listen and you're hearing what the people are saying. Yeah. Otherwise, it turns into the thing. Did you ever see um? You you're, ever, you're you're right and wrong because you also when we just like we both are are very creative people. Yeah. My mind goes crazy and I have to stay on track because right. I, there are certain things I want to know about you. For sure, yeah. You know what I mean. No, I so get that's it. so well, the, he he's right and wrong. Well, the thing the thing with like for example the other day when I had Zachy Vengeance, he was doing like uh, or Slash. They do these yeah. junkets, right? Right. So I can't like dive deep into the you know their past. I you know it's not like an FBI investigation <laughs> of a Supreme Court judge. Okay. <laughs> so I've got to get like like if you watch like for example. Um, um, interviews at night, like on the late night talk shows, they only got like five minutes. And they dig it out of a bunch of stuff, right? So yeah. it's like, so sometimes when I'm interviewing Slash and he says something that I I, I want to dive into, well, I know I can't because there's like three other things I want to hit, right? Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? Yeah. And so, anyways, but it's like you got to listen to what the people are saying. Now, if I if I know I got time and I know I got like a half hour, an hour, whatever, mm-hmm. then I'll start diving into more stuff. Okay, so you. Being a DJ, you're in the, the those four walls. But then part of your job is to go out and MC big concerts and stuff like that. Do you remember the first time that you had to walk on stage yeah. and actually say, "Hey, I'm," you know, yeah. meltdown? And were you scared? And what was it like for you? Because I know publics. It's one thing to be in the studio working, hmm. and it's another thing to be on stage. Like I don't know if I could actually do what you do for a living because I like. Being in front of people and talking. Yeah. But I know it's completely different than being in the studio and painting that picture. Well, it is. Well, here's the thing. Here's the difference between what I do and what you do. So when I go on stage, I know I've got 30 seconds to two minutes. Right. I you got know, an hour. Seriously. That's it. Yeah, right. You got to fill up a lot more time. So so tonight, like, for example, I'll go and um, uh, Darren McCarty's doing a thing tonight. So he wanted me to introduce him. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll introduce you. So yeah. I know I'm only got it. I'll go up there. I'll say how we met, maybe, maybe a few stories, whatever. And boom, I'm done. Here's Darren. My job is easy. Right. But the first time I ever went on stage, it was at some bar in Buffalo. And I'm not really sure it was on the waterfront. I remember. And I remember that I was introducing a band and, uh, I thought, man, this is going to be great. People are going to love me. <laughs> And I'm going to be a hero, you know, but, uh, yeah. And I remember that, but uh, I remember one time in Buffalo and I was, um, I, they went, they let me go on stage before Ozzy came on. And this is the only time in almost 30 years that this has ever happened. I, um, I went up on stage and, um, the guy says to me, he goes, they're, they're, I think one of the opening bands at cancel or something. I can't exactly remember, but, uh, the, the road manager says, listen, you got to go up there talk as long as you can. Like, they never tell you that, right? They right. always tell you, like, listen, you got a minute, man. Make it fast. Get off, yeah. you know? So I'm up on stage talking, and they're, like, vacuuming the carpet behind me, and the roadies are up there doing whatever they're doing. And then they had, this was when they had monitors in front of the stage, and it just had white noise just blasting out at me. So I'm like, shh. So I remember at one point, he looks at me, and he walks behind me. He goes, you're doing great. Keep on going. So I'm thinking, what concerts can I plug? What can I talk about? You know, and the whole thing. But that never happens. So for me... Going up on stage is like, um, like I went on stage, uh, I don't know, a few times this summer. Last year, I got to go on stage in front of Metallica and introduce Mixmaster Mike from the Beastie Boys. Yeah, And nice. I got a picture over there where I'm on stage, and there's like 40,000 people yeah. there. And that was so cool. So what's the biggest audience that you got to be in front of live? Yeah, was it that, that one? Oh, yeah, for sure. 40,000? Yeah, not even close, yeah. I mean, it was a— Isn't that Rush amazing? It was great. We walked out there. Someone actually, um, <clears throat> somebody filmed it, videotaped it for me. 
and we walked out there and it was pretty cool. And the people were really receptive, you know, and they yeah. were ready for Metallica. And uh, what was funny is that I had interviewed Mixmaster Mike for about a half hour a few days before that. And he said something to me and I, I had to make sure I got it off on stage. So what he says was, he goes, he goes, yeah, so you know who he is? He was from the Beastie Boys. He was their DJ. Okay. And so he DJ between sets and before Metallica came on. All right. And so I think if I remember correctly, he, I'm trying to remember if he actually introduced Metallica or they just came on after him. I can't recall. But anyways, um, he says, yeah, think of me as your high-powered appetizer. And so, <laughs> so what happened, and I do this quite a bit, is I wrote it on my hand. And so as I'm holding the microphone, I can see it. And I'm like, hey, welcome to the stage. You're high-powered appetizer, Mixmaster Mike. You know, and uh, I didn't do it as cheesy as that, but, you know. You right, yeah. That is so, so cool. So, yeah, that was the biggest, uh, what was the biggest crowd you ever talked in front of? 60,000, Eagle Stadium. What, what, where's that? Yeah, um, it was Eagle Stadium back then was, um, what is that, New York? Upstate New York? or out What there. were you doing there? I was doing a NCAA um, lacrosse game. There were 60,000 people at the lacrosse game? It was the craziest thing really? I've ever seen in my life. And it was it was cool <clears throat> because I was doing like the halftime or whatever kind of show. And we were doing like this big promotion and stuff like that. And that's when I realized you have to wear an earpiece to hear because what you're saying because the echoing yeah, the and echo, stuff yeah. like that. It was like because I didn't. And it was like, it was bouncing back three. And you know, I talk fast and loud anyway. Yeah. So it was like, I was getting all tongue tied. and <laughs> But it, but it came out awesome. And it was just really cool. 60,000 people. It was one of the coolest things that uh, I've got to experience. Yeah, that thing with Metallica will probably be something I'll never forget. That was really cool. And I'm not sure if I even knew that I was going to do that. But that happens quite a bit. They're like, hey, you're going to go up on stage tonight. I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. You so know? you're in the rock and roll business. I see a lot of instruments here in your studio. No, I don't play any of them. No, <laughs> People not ask all. me all the time. Yeah, no, I don't play anything. You know, it's like um, recently. How do you have something like so cool? You have a Gibson guitar. You have a custom guitar. You, I mean, all I don't even cool know stuff. if these guitars are even, in tune. Do you even have an amp down here? I, I, no. I, I see the Marshall, but it's it's a, that's it's a refrigerator. A, right? It's a refrigerator <laughs> filled with hopefully a lot of cool beer. <laughs> I only drink spirits, so. Um, yeah, no, I don't play. But what's funny about that is that my wife for Father's Day just bought me a thing about how to play bass because uh, this this ghost record came out in uh, in this in the spring, and I loved it so much. And the bass is so good. And I started like kind of zooming in on that. And to be honest with you, most of my friends that are in the business who are like friends of mine mm -hmm. are the bass players. I don't yeah. know for whatever reason. It's just like we just kind of click or whatever. Social media is so big these days. Yeah. What do you do to separate yourself from everybody else that does what you do for a living? Well. And how, I don't know. And do you mind if, I mean, can you tell people how to follow you? Yeah, at Meltdown WRIF. Yeah, they can, anyone can follow me. That's fine. It's great. But, uh, well, <clears throat> I like, I throw out a question a day. And I don't know if you see it because the algorithms in social media are so screwed up. I know. Right? I, don't, I haven't even seen one of your tweets lately. And I follow you. I'm I like, know. It's just the craziest it, thing. It, it, it's so funny <clears throat> with social media. I could put something up that has nothing to do with anything and I'll get hundreds and hundreds of likes. Yeah. I could put something up there that actually is a big deal and is cool. And like 15 people will like it. It's you just, know, it's kind of the weirdest thing yeah. that I've ever seen in my life. And I also realized that I can, I like to get creative and do some writing sometimes. And I could come up with this beautiful, like motivational quote or thought and nobody reads it. Mm -hmm. I put a picture with it. Next thing you know, there's tons of people that, that like it. Well, there and, was that thought back in the day with Facebook and stuff, especially if you, you know, attach pictures to it. But you know what I, you know what I equate the internet to? The, I equate the internet to, do you remember the scene in one of my favorite movies, uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? Yep. Where they're driving into uh, St. Louis, I think it was, and they're all singing on the bus, right? And then John Kerry says to Steve Martin, hey, why don't you sing a song? And he starts singing at three, you know, whatever, yeah. pennies in a fountain or something yeah, like that, right? Yep. And everyone like looks at him like, all right, what's going on here? And all of a sudden, John Candy starts singing the Flintstones, and everyone joins in. Yeah. That's how the internet is. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. So like today- I just posted this just before you got here. I like to throw out a question that I'm not going to say is thought provoking, but people could think of, and maybe there's several different answers, right? Mm -hmm. But it's but it's normally just one line because people are scrolling; they're not going to read a whole big thing, yeah, absolutely. right? Absolutely. So my question today was: um, name a good stripper song. And it's like <laughs> boom, that easy, right? And I put it on both my Twitter and my Facebook. 
I even checked my Twitter lately, but before you got here, your Facebook started exploding on that. Right. And sometimes I'll get 200 comments. Sometimes I'll get 35. It depends, you know, it's whatever it is. So answer the question then. How do I separate myself? No, 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 no. Oh, it's a great service song? Well, I'm closer, Nine Inch Nails. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just throw it out there. But, you know, it's like, you know, how do you separate yourself? I'm not exactly sure because, um, you know, nowadays... You know, you want to separate yourself, I suppose, to a certain extent. You want to get people, you want to get likes. Because when you get likes and stuff, then people, more people see your stuff. You know, it's just yeah. like that. But at the same point, it's like you want to use it as a tool to uh, promote what you're doing. Yep. And, you know, I'll throw out an interview with Slash and I'll get like six likes. <laughs> and then I'll throw out Name Your Best Stripper song and I'll get 20. That's you know, my whole whatever. point. Yeah. Exactly. It well, it's just it's like the song. It's like singing the Flintstones yeah, on Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Deal. It, 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 it's so crazy. Yeah. Every great athlete has had great coaches and great people that inspired them in their career. Who have been some of the people for you that inspired you? Well, like, like I said, that... Uh, Early on, the guy's name—I don't—I don't want to give his name—but uh, he was—he was horrible. He inspired me, and he um, inspired you to do a better job, or yeah. just inspired you because he—he he still gave you. I thought if he could do it, I could do it. Okay, there was no question. So, about so it. did you? I didn't even ask you. So did you go to school to do this? No. Wait a second. So you just you put an application in and say I want to be the DJ? No, I was uh, <laughs> I was just or, talking. Or, or you or, or you called in enough <laughs> that they finally said, Hey, listen, we'll just put this guy on the air. Well, kind of, sorta. <laughs> I called in enough and I networked enough where I got to meet people. Yeah. And I think that I was always the kid that knew I was not a great student at all, but I knew I'd work ethic mm -hmm. and I knew I'd drive. And I knew that if uh, that once that door closed behind me on my last day of school, that I was going to do something with myself. That just I just knew it because that's just what I had. Never went to college. No, I spent one day in college just for driving school. I had a ticket. I went a year and a half, and I, I was like, you know what? I'm making more money than this professor already. What What are you going to teach me? I got cocky and right. Well, you know, it's like um, I just went home this past weekend, and um, you know, I saw a kid rock and whatnot. And I and I went with a couple of friends of mine from that I went to high school with, and the one girl uh, and her boyfriend I ride motorcycles with. Well, anyways, um, we become good friends. But I used to drive her to school, and uh, and I used to go to a vocational school half day for okay. auto body, and I was pretty good at it. But I didn't want to live my life breathing in dust all the right. time. I wouldn't look this pristine if I had. <laughs> <laughs> this is a reason why I don't video. <laughs> right, exactly. So, anyways, um, so what happened was, uh. I um, I would I would play my demo tapes to her all the time, and so it was ironic that I went to the Kid Rock show because it was my anniversary of the day I got hired in radio, and I told Kid Rock as I introduced them to him, I'm like, like she used to have to suffer through my demo tapes, and now I'm kind of repaying her. You that know? is so cool, man. Yeah. So I've taken a lot of my friends uh, back to meet him, and uh, and just on other things, people come into town and. I show them around. I, I took I've i met a lot of your friends from New York and yeah, stuff like that. And you that. know, you know, when I come to the racetrack, I try to bring different people to yeah. experience. You've met some of the same people just because whatever, but yeah. I try to bring different people, you know? Yeah. Yep. My friends from New York, you've met. Yep. Yeah. So uh, those guys come in all the time. They couldn't this year. What's it like to go back race. home and, and, and be, are, are you just meltdown or are you a celebrity now because you kind of made it? Well, here's the thing. I grew up in a super small town. Mm -hmm. Everybody kind of knows everybody. Yeah. And so, um, so here's something interesting. So before the internet and cell phones and stuff, I would go home like maybe like 10 or 12 times a year, mm -hmm. right? And I didn't have kids. I could just blast out of here for a weekend, go home, right. come back, right? And so as time went on and stuff and, and you know, the, the, the kids and whatnot, you know, came about, um, it was like one of those things where it's like I would go home and I'd go to the bar, the local bar, where I heard that guy on the radio was so bad. And <laughs> there'd be like, there'd be like nobody there. And I'm like, huh. So then- one of my friends bought the, that bar and I said, Hey, if I do this out on Facebook and stuff, can I throw a party here at like Christmas? He's like, absolutely, man. You know, I, I like to help the guy too. Right. Yeah. So the first time I did it, the guy who cleans the bar said that was the most beer bottles they'd seen in 25 years. So like a lot of people showed up. Right. And it was awesome. And so now I do it twice a year, although this year it's probably only going to be once because I didn't do it in the summertime, but I'll tell you what, I throw it out there and here's my thing. I'm not out there to celebrate myself. I want to see other people and I want other people to see other people. And I, and you know what, to be, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but in a roundabout way, I've kind of been a little bit of the glue that's kept our school together, yeah. our class, right? At that's least cool. I graduated like 125 kids mm -hmm. and I'll bet you 
50 to 75 of them, I'm still in super good contact with, or maybe even more on Facebook, right? But I could text 50 of them right now. Yeah, that's so cool. <clears throat> you know, because it's like, and I think because I live 300 miles away from where I grew up. I was just watching a thing with Carrie Underwood the mm -hmm. other day, and she was in her hometown. I thought you didn't like country music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, was on, uh, it was on CBS. <laughs> and I just happened to catch this, and, and it kind of struck a chord with me. She said that um, she said they were walking around her hometown, and she says, this is where I can really be me. This is where I sleep really well. And it's so funny she says that because when I go home, I might go to bed at 3 and wake up at 9 I feel like I've slept 20 hours. Like yeah. it's just the weirdest thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just, it's just there's a certain ease about where how, you grew up. How do you deal with critics? Because we <clears throat> and especially these days, and, and maybe and maybe you don't get criticized, maybe you don't get that, but um I know because of what we do, and you put a microphone in somebody's face, all of a sudden there are people hiding behind the keyboard. Everybody has something to say. Yeah. How do you deal with it? Yeah. You know, I gotta, I gotta admit, I don't deal, I don't deal with it that much. You know, um, but uh, you know, there's a couple people I hide their comments on Facebook just because they're just being idiots. Mm -hmm. It's like you know, but uh, yeah, for the most part, I don't really have to deal with it that much. Uh, you know what? I go out, I try to be nice to everybody. I try to um, remember people's names. You know, um, Ronnie James That's Dio. The toughest part for me. Well, of course, I know. <laughs> Trust me, dude. It's 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 kind of a it's kind of an art form, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's something you got to work at. But uh, Ronnie James Dio told uh, Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm one time that those people never remember your name, or you'll never remember their name or their faces or where you met them, but they'll always remember you. So always be nice to everybody. And it's like you know what? I try to be nice to everybody. Yeah, you know, it's I try to be cool. What's the coolest thing that you have got to do? Because of the fact you are a professional radio DJ yeah. and a celebrity one here in Detroit. I don't know. I mean, you know, look, um, I could, I, we could fill an hour with just stories of hanging out with Kid Rock. You know, yeah. he's been so nice to me and my friends and whoever mm -hmm. I've introduced him to. Um, you know, that's always really cool. It's like, you know, I can... Uh, yeah, you ask me every year that we're in Detroit doing the Grand Prix, and you're like, hey, come on, we're going to go by Rock's house. And then That's the right, day, last year. And then the next day I see you, and you don't look like, and, and I have to entertain all day yeah. up on stage for the Grand Prix yeah. and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's exactly why I don't go and hang out with you guys. <laughs> that's right, because last year on the bus, we went to Kid Rock's house yeah. afterwards. Yeah. yeah, You were with your buddy. My friend um, Smiley. Smiley. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's another great guy. Yeah, I, great I could guy. do a whole, I, I, we got to do a podcast at his man cave. <laughs> Dude, yeah, which one? He's got a compound at his house. But uh yeah, no, that was that was that was a great time. I only I could only stay there for an hour and a half that day because uh, we had another concert to go to, and my friend was going there, and she's in a wheelchair. I'll make sure she was okay, so we yeah. didn't stay all night. But uh, Rock was super nice as always. But yeah, as far as that's concerned, look, you know, um, but you've got to do so many cool things. Yeah. And, and, <clears throat> and okay, yeah, you get to hang out with celebrities and stuff, but you also do a lot of cool things. You have done a lot of cool things with like the children's hospitals and stuff mm -hmm. like that. What's it like for you to give back when you're able to give back? Well, I'll tell you what, um, you know, I give back in different ways. Like, for example, I coach my daughter's hockey team. And I'm going to tell you something uh, for the rest of my life. Uh, that's an experience that uh, gave me way more than I thought I could ever get from it. Seriously, mm -hmm. it's like, um, I'll never forget it. It was like, I didn't get paid, you know, whatever. And we didn't win a lot of games. We do, you know, whatever. But it was like, those girls were so great. And um, I'll never forget it. Now it's, that's like kind of some of the ways like I give back. I always try to donate money if I can to mm -hmm. different things, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I, I mean, I don't, I, let's put it this way. I don't give as much as I, as I, as I should, but, or as I probably, you know, could, uh, but that being said, I always try to help people. Yeah. Out. You know, I mean, I always do. Have you ever been walking through somewhere and all of a sudden, because of the fact you do radio and not everybody knows what you look right, like, right. they hear your voice and say, <laughs> oh my God! You, you sound like meltdown. Yeah, I get that. I get that sometimes. You know, there are there are people that do host talk shows that are a little bit more recognizable than me. But yeah, like I was at the liquor store down the street the one day, and this uh, about two years ago, and I'm talking to the guy behind the counter, and uh, this guy next to me says, "I ain't kidding." He goes, "My spidey senses are tingling." <laughs> like what? And he goes, "Where do I know you from?" So that was kind of funny. What single night? has been the most memorable for you as far as doing your job. And, and listen, I know that I can ask you this every single day and you'll have a different story. Yeah, probably. But right now, I'm here. We're recording. 
what is that one night that you're like, man, I'll never forget it? Was it that Metallica one that that you brought up a few times already? That Metallica or? night was pretty cool. I got to interview James and stuff, and that was pretty cool. Um, you know, I was with uh, our friend Josh, you know, at the Guns N' Roses concert, and I took him into Kid Rock Suite, and Chelios was in there, and Uncle Cracker and stuff. And I know I keep going back to rock, but it's like, you know, he's he's really been great to me. Um, you know, uh, uh, Vinnie Paul, who just passed away a few months ago from Pantera, uh, we became really good friends in the last year and stuff, hung out with him in Vegas last year, um, you know. Just different things like that. And plus, it's not all about the celebrities. It's all about sharing experiences with uh, with people. You know, like um, like those three people I took to that concert over the weekend. It's like I was sharing experience with them, man. It's like yeah. they'll never forget it, you know? So in in, in every job, in, in every profession, people have tricks of the trade. Yeah. I have no idea what you're about to say, but I'm asking you, are there any tricks of the trade when it comes to being a DJ? Yeah, put music underneath you because it hides the mistakes. <laughs> I, call it? It, I call it audio wallpaper. So, so okay, timing would that be right? I mean, because you you do have to also time everything, right? Um, you talking about when I'm talking up to to music posts? Yeah, or, yeah. Well, sometimes it does, but sometimes you know it's kind of funny because I've been in this business a long time. I can almost tell when a guy's about to start singing, even if I've never even heard the song before. <laughs> Seriously, it's like. Just one of those things. Who picks out your songs every single day? Now, do you have a program director yeah. that, that does all that? Yeah, or program director. Do you yeah. have anything to do with that at all? Uh, not necessarily, but, uh, you know, sometimes uh, I'll have to drop songs here or there, maybe add songs or whatever. So, you know, it's it's it all goes like that. But, you know, it's not like it used to be, that's for sure. I couldn't wait to ask you this, okay. this question here. I'm, I'm braced. I, listen, what is one track that you will never, ever, ever get sick of playing? Hmm. That's a good question. You know, I know. Um, Listen, I'm a professional. I know you are a professional. <laughs> uh, you know, um, there's a song by Nothing More I really like called This Is The Time. I just crank up in the studio all the time. And that Now, that song's about five years old. Um, boy, November Rain I really like. Um, there's a few that I don't. <laughs> there's a few that I wish I never had to play again, which will remain nameless. Um most, you know, most of the songs I play, I really like because it's like, you know, that's what I do. Do you ever like listen to a, a song that becomes real big and you're like, are you flipping kidding me? Are you kidding? Like this, I cannot believe that this song is still being played. <sighs> hmm. Nothing that's, nothing off the top of my head. What's the oldest song right now that is in your playlist at any given time that goes back years? Black Sabbath. I mean, really? Yeah, like War Pigs, Iron Man, Paranoid, that kind of stuff from the early 70s, you know. That's about as old as, as we get. And, you know, that's kind of like an early metal band. So, you know, that's like, you know, old Led Zeppelin, stuff like that, you know, who's, the classics. Who's one of your favorite celebrities that you ever got to interview? Hmm. And well, why? like we were talking about before, David Carverdale is great. Sammy Hagar, Alice Cooper, Gene Simmons. What was Sammy like? Sammy's great. I mean, you know. I just right saw there. Sammy this past week in Charlotte. Yeah, he was there. That's yeah. right. Here's the thing with Sammy Hagar. Once again, tons of money, right? <laughs> he told me years ago, maybe I'm speaking out of school, but he told me 20 years ago. Yeah. That he doesn't have to do anything for the rest of his life. He could just live off Van Halen money. And he'd be fine. Wow. Right? But he does it. He loves what he does, right? Yeah. But here's the thing with some of those guys. With some of those guys, is that they they've done it all. They've heard all the questions. You're not going to surprise them. You're not going to scare them. You're not going to get a. I don't want to talk about that. Right. They know. Even if they don't, even if they don't answer your question, right? They'll talk about it. But Sammy Hagar is great. Has there ever been an interview with a celebrity that got you tongue tied? Hmm. I don't think so. Uh, you know, like I interviewed these guys. The guitar player and the drummer from Typo Negative uh, a couple weeks ago, I had never met them before. Right. So it's like sometimes when you sit down, you have to carry on a conversation with two people you've never met. Right. That could be a little difficult. But it, but it could also be fun because they have no clue who you are either, and it actually could be a <clears throat> a blessing. Um. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, yeah, they don't know me, know me. Right. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, the drummer just texted me, but it's like. <laughs> We become friends, <laughs> right? But I, I almost wanted to interview him like afterwards, after I would have got to have known him. But as far as tongue tied, no. I, I I've interviewed Ozzy a few times, and that really like is really cool. Is it really cool? I can't even imagine. <clears throat> to me, that one would seem like it would be tough. 
No, I did. The last time I did it was a long please, time ago. Please, please tell us about Ozzy. Just the way he talks is hilarious. No, he, you know, Ozzy's a really funny, <laughs> and the sweet man guy. Can sing like there's no yeah. like, like 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 there's no tomorrow. Well, but he man, used to be able to. <laughs> yeah. Well, but then I mean, well, he's still like sold out and stuff yeah. like that. No, I just and, saw him. Yeah. And but then it, you to have a conversation with them. I mean, it sounds like he has a. Like marbles in his mouth or something, you know. I mean, well, the, uh, back so in, how tough is that? Well, it was great, but you know, yeah. Sometimes what, what's funny about that? Is sometimes I'll interview him like on the phone, and I'll listen to it back, and I'll catch things I missed, <laughs> right? Because I don't understand what he's saying. Have you ever had to interview somebody because of the business you're in that they were under the influence, and then you're like, "Man, I hope this gets done fast." <laughs> well, last year when I saw Vinny Paul and I got that video, which is the uh, pinned tweet on my tweet, it's about a minute and a half long, and Vinny Paul was just poo-pooed <laughs> but uh but no, i interviewed ozzy at one time and uh it was funny because uh he i i brought back like 10 listeners and their guests and i was asking their questions so it wasn't on me so i could ask him anything i wanted to go, okay hey, that's a trick of the trade my friend that, that is a trick of the that trade. that is a trick of the <clears throat> so that when i get to do interviews and stuff like that with people i'm like hey yeah this came up on social i'm see i'm telling somebody my trick yeah. right now so but now people that i interview all the time I go on social media that. all the time. They they're like, they look at me like, yeah, right, dude. You know, <laughs> I, I, I was I was going to interview uh, the guitar player from uh, Five Figure Death Punch. It turned out they I they they gave me the singer, which is fine. Yeah. But I was preparing for the guitar player. He's really <laughs> super active on social media, and he shows his cars and his girlfriend. And, I mean, all this stuff, right? Yeah. And he's great to talk to. And of course, that's that's a, that's an easy trick. Yeah. What have you ever had an embarrassing moment on air? I mean, you've been doing this a long time. No, but I've I'm I've screwed up stuff. Actually, uh, there I'm not even going to mention the name of the band, but I screwed up the guy's name, and it's like uh, I was on just going to ask you. That was uh, that was my follow up question. Yeah. Have you ever messed up someone's name? Because sometimes they have crazy names. Well, this <clears> one, <throat> this guy doesn't. I I oh. screwed it up. It was like it was really bad, and I just want to leave that in the past. That was not good. <laughs> but uh, you know, um, on air, I did swear on air one time. I don't want to do that again. Yeah. That was uh, that was many 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 years ago. So I got to I got a question that I've always, always wondered, and that was, what happens when you men and women in this business have to go to the bathroom? Well, I'm playing music, so I can go whenever I want. I mean, I sometimes I'll be in the studio for an hour and a half, two hours, and realize I haven't even walked out of the studio yet. So I'll, I'll just walk around, I'll go grab a snack or something. So is that where you <clears throat> communicate with your program director and say, hey, listen, I'll be back in five? Uh, no, because... Um, and the computers. I mean, I, please no, tell and, us. For, yeah, because not everybody's a, a radio DJ. Right, right, so right. No, well, and make they, that picture for us. Well, you can uh, what they call daisy chain the songs, <laughs> where you can actually leave the studio and they automatically go until you get back. There's a trick of the trade. See, right, yeah, this is great. Maybe there are tricks of the trade. <laughs> maybe, maybe you're. Yeah, but but you know, look. Um, I when I when I first got here, I smoked. I mean, I could play a three minute song on CD, and that we didn't have a chance to you know do that. And I could run out, and have a smoke, and come back in three minutes. I mean, that was good. But when you, when you're not working or hanging out with rock stars, what do you like to do? How do you inspire yourself? How do you keep yourself motivated? Because you have to walk in every day and be that guy for four hours on air. Yeah. How do you keep yourself upbeat, positive? You know, or is there somebody that kicks you in the ass and says, "No, I don't know. I I guess I'm." pretty even keel, even though people that might know me, I was thinking about this the other day. It's like, it's like, you know, some people they get, they're just not even keel and they can't handle some of the, the pressures. And look, I'm not going to lie to you. This has not been a great week as far as my uh, career is concerned, but it will get better and I will make sure it gets better. And I always, you know, it, it always gets better. You know what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. like, but as far as uh, motivating myself, I just love what I do. So it's, you know, it's, it's pretty simple. And, uh, you know, I thought what? you were going to say your wife. No, no. <laughs> but you know what? It's funny because in, in all my podcasts, if I have time, you know, I didn't ask slash this cause I didn't have time, but, mm -hmm. um, all my podcasts this year, I ask one question of every single person and that's what's the key to your success. And, um, a lot of people say luck. A lot of people say whatever, but it's like, what motivates me? Failure. Really, I don't want to fail. Right. I didn't want to, you know, I could have easily gone home after a year or two and, you know, still been okay. But I thought I, one day it just dawned on me, I don't want to be a failure. I don't want to go home and fail. That's what's motivated me throughout the years as well. But that one question you said again that you ask in every one of your, or you try to in every, every one of your podcasts mm -hmm. is what? What's the key to your success? What's the key to your success? I'm afraid of failure. <laughs> so just every single day, you you want to go in there and do your best because I want to go in there. Yeah, and if I if uh, if I lose, I'm I'm annoyed. If I'm not the best, I'm annoyed. 
if uh, you know, if I if I have a bad break, I will, you know, I will be angry in the studio. <laughs> and and then the next break will be that much better. I can trust you on that. So this is I I've seen so many of these radio promotions throughout the year. Some mm. are just crazy off the wall, came and believe it's legal. And then others, I'm like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. What is one of the craziest radio promotion that you went out and said, this is the coolest thing ever? Boy, you know what's funny? It's like sometimes we do stuff and I'm like, man, that was so kick-ass. And next thing you know, <laughs> we do another one later on. I'm like, that was so kick-ass. Like, yeah. Slash played an acoustic set for us. And you're like, I can't believe Slash is right in front of us playing an acoustic set. Like this was like a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, we just did one. Oh. This year, uh, and Five Finger Death Punch comes, and uh, it wasn't a promotion or whatever, but I had to go there and do interviews. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to interview a guitar player. They said, no, we're gonna, you're going to interview Ivan, this singer. I'm like, great, awesome. Ivan's awesome to talk to, super nice guy. Yeah. Next thing you know, they're like, Ivan wants to do this interview on the lawn, and we had a video camera and stuff. I'm like, does he know that people are here? Yeah, he wants to do it on the grass. So a month ago, I interviewed the lead singer of Five Finger Death Punch at a sold-out show on the lawn at the venue while there was 300 fans around. Like it was like, the, then you're like, could it get any cooler? Yeah. And it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's just Have you ever like been in a situation where you were nervous <clears throat> because you did something live and there was just so many people there? Well, you know, I was going to ask you about this because uh, to me, the bigger the crowd, the more faceless it is. Oh, absolutely. You, I always say I get more freaked out when they're, the, the crowd is small. Yeah. I will go and speak for a, a a bunch of executives that's maybe only 20, 30 people. Mm. I get more pumped up sure. about going and speaking for three or 4,000 people. I just talked to, you know, I was down in um, uh, Rockwood talking to uh, my friend. Uh, she's a guidance counselor or something at the school. Mm-hmm. I talked to like 60 kids and I was, it's nerve wracking, you know. But I remember good. a couple of years ago, you reached out to me and you're like, dude, I'm speaking. It's something I <laughs> walk me through this, and I helped you with the, with, with the outline and stuff like that. Because it is a it, it's a different art. It's a yeah. different, you know, uh, uh, it's just something completely different. Something that uh, you brought up earlier that keeps your mind off things. You're very active in hockey. I mean, that mm. that's how I met you. Mm-hmm. I met you through um, Mike Staff, which was a radio DJ there at Riff. Um, but then I'll never forget the time that I actually met you and hung out with you a little bit. And that was, I was emceeing the event you were playing and that was for the, uh, firefighters and the cops were playing each other. Oh in yeah, Southgate. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Years ago. Yeah. And, um, um, I like to do those charity games. It helps people out. It's something I like to do. It's easy. It's like, you know, it's like those, it's a win-win, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. But it, but it, but it has to, but again, that's gotta be gratifying. And, and then sometimes you're skating with people that again, you watched at the arena. Well, know? yeah, mm. during the lockout, I played with the NHL guys three days a week in 2004, 2005. So like, you know, Nick Lindstrom was on my team and Shelly was there. I mean, all these guys, I'm like, this is crazy, you know? Yeah. I would get there early just so they couldn't kick me out. But uh, my friend, Brian Smolinski, a uh, really good friend of mine, played NHL for like 12 or 13 years. He would always invite me out. So yeah, that was um, that was definitely, uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it is, it is wild sometimes you get to do stuff with people that you've admired or you've seen or, you know, whatever. I, I asked you this be, before we got started and before we hit the record button. You are the one always doing the interviews and stuff like that. What's it like for you to sit on the other side and let somebody else ask you the questions? <laughs> ah, it doesn't bother me. You know what? I don't, I don't do it that often. So, right. you know, I don't, get it's a chance cool. to, I don't get a chance to tell my story that much. But, you know, it's fine. It's good. You know. Um, What's like- one of your best stories? Oh I mean, we, we we have like literally seven minutes. Tell me like just one of those stories that that to this day that just brings chills to your bones of going, man, I this is like the coolest thing ever, man. Man, I don't know. It's like I'll probably think about 18 of them. I know. As soon as I walk out the door, you're going to text me going, oh, man, let's, let's do another one. I got this story and that story and that yeah. story. All of a sudden it goes to a phone call. It's like, <laughs> um, man, I'll tell you what. Yeah, we call those wow moments. You yeah, know? And absolutely. And it's like, man, I've had, I mean, I've had so many of them. I can't even, you know, I, I just, I just po- posted on, um, on Facebook. Uh, one of the girls I went to school with, her son's gonna be one of these, um, one of these uh, refueler guys. 
And I got to do that once. You know, ref- refuel fly- flight in the air. It's so cool. It's like, I've got to do that. Well, wait a second. I just asked you this question. You're like, oh, yeah, I haven't really got to do anything cool. No, 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 now, no. Now I, you're no. thinking about this stuff. That- no, no. I told you I'd have like 18 of them. I can't man, think of right so off the top cool. of my head. that is so cool. What was that like? That was awesome, man. You get to, you get to watch the plane come up. We were like 20,000 feet in the air. We're flying over like Kentucky and stuff. That was really kick-ass, yeah. I like wow. doing stuff, you know, military stuff. That's really cool. Have you ever been up in a, like a fighter jet? No, I haven't been one of those. I don't know if I want to go for one of those. Yeah, uh, we go to Vegas every year. That's always would you, uh, fun. Would you, you know, jump off the stratosphere? No, I don't like heights. <laughs> no, not at all. My palms are getting greasy just thinking about it. But you know, it's like anytime I get to go on stage, like that Metallica thing. It's like you think to yourself, man, what what could be cooler than that? It's like eight o'clock at night. You're introducing you know, a guy on stage in front of forty thousand people. I yeah, mean, you know. Um, that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, I you know bands come into the studio sometimes not as much as they used to just because of the um, you know just the, the internet and social media and all mm-hmm. stuff. They don't really have to, you know. But um, and you you just walk out and you're like, man, that was so cool. It's like you know um, different things. I mean, meltdown. You've been doing this almost thirty years. What advice can you give somebody that's sitting here listening to this podcast right now, and they're maybe in high school, maybe even in in college, um, that wants to do what? what you do for a living. Well, I tell people, you know, I've talked to kids about this. As a matter of fact, I'm going to Vegas, you know, in a few weeks, and one of my friends has a, uh, he does a music business class out there, and so he'll invite all his kids, and I'll talk to them and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, young adults or 20s and whatnot. But it's like, you know, to me, it's like with anything, and like what you do as well, it's like, you know, you just got to focus. You got to, you know, you just got to drive. You just got to persist. You just got to, you know, just got to get in there and bang away, meet people, network, uh, show your worth, um, get in there. You know, look, you know, you talked about my podcast and my videos, stuff like that. That's just other ways I kind of um, express myself and show what I can do mm-hmm. because we don't do long form interviews on the radio anymore. Right, exactly. It, it, it just don't happen. So where do you do them? You do them in another medium, you know? But as far as, um, as far as what I do, you know, <laughs> never say no. I'll tell you this much. I worked, um, when I first got into radio, I never said no. I worked for four months without a day off. Like I was on, I was on the air every day of the week. I was on, they see that 14 X out there. That yeah. was a, that was a heavy metal station. And I was on Monday through Friday and they asked me, Hey, could you come in on Saturdays for a little while? Sure. Then I did the <laughs> FM on Sundays, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. So after four months, I walked up to the boss. I said, you know, I don't have a day off and I'm not complaining, but you know, one day would be nice. So another four months went by and he looks at me, he goes, Hey, you don't have a day off. He was a little, little, you know, a little scatterbrain. So I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to get you a day off. So I never said no. If they needed me, I was there. Yeah. You know, ever. Do you ever say no now? Because Not I much. know where you are in your career. You're probably pulled in a million different directions. Yeah, All sometimes. The time. Yeah, I was just thinking about this the other day. I should say no to some stuff just because, you know, what they say, uh, no good deed goes unpunished. Yeah. You know, um, but I always like to, you know, something just happened recently. I can't, I can't really recall what it was, but I'm like, man, I probably should have just stayed out of this. You know, but I was trying to help people, trying I, to be nice. Just sitting down here in your your rock room, um, I often go out to my man cave. And when, I, when I'm having a bad day or maybe I'm a, whatever. You know, I don't even want to say bad day, but you know what I mean? Just not feeling yeah, normal. Not feeling or it, yeah. yeah. And I go out and I look at all the cool pictures and all the cool stuff that I've done. Mm. Not bragging, but I've got to do so many cool things. For sure. Yep. We're lucky. It, we are. Very. I'm proud of myself. For sure. You know, just like you should be. Yep. And But do you ever walk down here and just go through and just look at, like I'm looking at one man. You Dude, you looked so young. Not that you don't look young now, right, right, because right. I was a lot younger. We can before. paint this picture any way we want right now, because nobody can see <laughs> right, either right, one right. of us. But do you ever come down here and, and and this kind of stuff inspires you? You know, not necessarily. I you know I do come down and I kind of I mean every single one of these pictures I could tell you about every single one of these yeah. pictures. You know what I'm saying? And I could we could be here for hours. Just, yeah, I could tell you every single one of these pictures has a story, and it's like um you know I could I could do it. So, but um. I guess this is kind of like my shrine, my shrine to me in, in the fact that I'm proud of what I've been able to accomplish and the fact that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's taken a lot of work. It's taken a lot of time, but you know, I've, I've done it. What was your first rock t-shirt that you bought? Ozzy. <clears throat> it was Ozzy? For sure. Yeah. Now, okay. Because of what you do for a living, 
do you just get care packages every single day? Is it like Christmas walking in, <laughs> into the radio station every single day? No, not as much as it guys? used to be. No, not as much as it used to be. This, this is from yeah, this is from a thing last week. Uh, no, not as much as it used to be. I, I get stuff here and there from like record companies or whatever. Sometimes the boss will get some albums that he doesn't want, so it was given to me, you know, whatever. Yeah, but um, no. As a matter of fact, I was going to tell you earlier. I got my the first record I ever bought. Uh, Metallica's "Ride the Lightning." I got the actual record. I bought it when I was a kid. Brand <laughs> that new. is so cool. Yeah, but yeah, my first. Uh, listen, I was in seventh grade, and I didn't really know. I was just kind of floating through life, and I'd listen to like you know the AM radio for the hockey games or whatever. And, and one day I was at school, and kids said to me, he "Goes, hey, you should listen to Ozzy." And I'm like, okay. And so <laughs> I went home that night, and I heard Crazy Train. Change your life. Change my life. That was it. One last question. Yeah. Just like you, I have a question that I ask everybody at the end of the podcast, mm-hmm. and I know that you've listened to a few of my podcasts, so you might even know this question, and you might already have the answer already cocked and ready. Yeah. You walk out of here, you go into the studio today, you find a lottery ticket, you go and check it, it's a $10 million winner. What do you do? I leave. <laughs> you would literally quit and everything? What's funny is that I, I tell people sometimes, like, man, if I won the lottery, you'd hear a different show. <laughs> it might be my last, but it would be different. You would go out and, and just do something of glory. Totally... Is there any one person that, I want to ask this in the, in the right way, that you would love to go back and say, how do you like me now? That maybe told you that you couldn't do it hmm. and you would love to be able to go back and say, you know what, you son of a gun, I did it and I've been doing it for 30 years. The reason why I ask that and why you're thinking about this, the reason why I say that is because I ran into, I, I try to bike 10 to you know 15 miles a day and I, I, I've ran into a couple times the fourth grade teacher that told me that I will never amount to anything. Hmm. And at times, I just want to go. I, I like physically, he's right there. And there's been a couple times that um, he was with his uh, some girl, and I didn't want to embarrass him because I don't know how I'm going to handle it. But has there been anybody for you that just like you said, you didn't want to fail, so you you did it? But would you like to go back to somebody and say, "Man, you know what? You told me no, or you fired me, but you know what? I'm flipping doing it, and I'm doing it in a, in a market that's." Awesome. Yeah, no, it's great, especially for what I do. A rock market, man, it's so awesome. You know, um, I don't think so. I mean, look, there were some teachers that I know for a fact didn't give me a fighting chance to do anything. And I probably wouldn't have either, to be quite honest with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, one of my teachers just passed away last year, but she like, she messaged me on Facebook. She said she couldn't even believe what I did, you know, and that, that's fine. It's like, it's cool. Um, you talk about fourth grade. I'll never forget in fourth grade, <laughs> I answered every spelling question correctly for that for one marking period you know every single one yeah and she gave me a 99 and i'm like well i answered she goes nobody's 100 percent i'm like i never forgot that. i'm like <laughs> what but uh you just you just brought that back to my yeah. head i don't know you know look i don't think my i don't think anybody thought i could do what i do uh i'm sure my parents didn't but they never told me not to try right you know what i'm saying they, they always uh somewhat encouraged me um I love how you use that somewhat. Well, you know, I don't think that I don't think that they really thought it could happen. No, listen, you know I, I, and I know exactly what you mean. My dad wasn't a fan of what I I quit everything. Yeah, until my dad heard me speak two years later. Right, and and he came up to me, hugging me, and crying and your dad's like a baby. Gone, right, yeah, my yeah. dad passed. So at away least you and, got to see what you did. Yeah. So my mother passed away the day I got hired on radio back in that September twentieth, nineteen eighty nine. My mom had a mastectomy that day, so I left my interview and went to the hospital and saw her. And she lasted another three years, but she got to hear me on the radio and stuff. Which obviously she never saw like the full potential of what I had. But you know, it's um, you know, at least she got a chance to see yeah. me. You know, but yeah, as far as people. I've never really pushed it in anyone's face. You know what? As the years go and I, by, and, and, I, stuff, and, I, and I understand that, but just for yeah, interview, no, as the as the years go by and stuff, like I said, I go home and I see some kids I went to school with and stuff, and you know what? People that may not have been at nice or whatever, I'm the first guy to buy them drinks. Hey yeah. man, what's going on, dude? What's happening? Yeah. You know, I I was you know that's just how I am now. I don't know. Just, Meltdown. You know what was cool, and the reason why I asked you that is it was a teacher that inspired me uh, when I was in junior senior year of mm-hmm. high school. And dude, last week I wanted to do a podcast about teachers and how awesome they are and how tough their job is. Mm-hmm. I reached out to my high school uh, English teacher, and she agreed. Didn't even know what a podcast was, but agreed to do the podcast. When the one of the coolest podcasts it just came out, 
that was cool. Mm. It wasn't like, <clears throat> how do you like me now? It was, hey, thank you for everything. For sure. You believed in me. Yeah. Well, like I told you, it's That's, like once once that door closed and I got out of school, I knew I could do it. Yeah. And it's like, and it really had nothing to do with the teachers. I just knew I had drive. Yep. I knew I could do it. And it's like, um, you know, someone gave me a chance. They opened the door and I put my foot in that door and I wasn't about to let it shut. You know, it's just the way it goes. You have 30 seconds to close out this podcast. Yeah. There you go. Mike Shears, buddy. Huh, do I, I, have to, <laughs> I have to fill it with something now? <laughs> you don't have to. I'm just, I'm, I'm just having some fun with you. But I can't, I can't thank you enough for just sitting down with me yeah, for no an problem. hour fun, and having dude. fun. Awesome. Uh, showing me your rock room that I've been hearing about for years. Yeah, you know, you've the, been you've helped me over the years with my uh, even even if the questions you give me for some of the NASCAR drivers have been a little misleading. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> so I so I, I asked a guy a question. I go, I don't know who it was. He looks at me like I'm speaking Spanish. I'm like, what? Johnny Johnny D gave me this. Oh my God! And, and you know it's so it's so funny because when I've interviewed him times after who, who that, I'm, I'm trying to remember. It who was, it was Alex Bowman. And oh, I, Alex Bowman. Right, yeah, yeah. And, and I asked you um, that he likes the water. It's right. But Alex Bowman doesn't like the water. It was the next guy that you were interviewing. But whatever. It was my fault. I gave you the well, wrong. Well, you know what's stuff, funny about Alex Bowman? So I I see that the following week they got to pick their own theme music, right? Yeah. And so he goes out to the theme music from a band called I Prevail. Which is from Southfield. Yep. And uh, I kind of know some of the guys a little bit, so I I included him on a tweet with the uh, with the one singer. Yeah. And they tweeted back and forth a few times. See, I'm making connections. See, there, there you too. go. It's it's so cool. Even even the racing and everything else. We you know I'm blessed. You're for blessed. Sure. I can't thank you enough for hanging out with us for an hour. Again, meltdown from WRIF Riff in Detroit. Thank you for rocking Detroit for over 20 years. Man, that's awesome. I want to remind all of you, if you want to download any of the Outstanding Life podcasts, you can go to soundcloud.com forward slash Outstanding Life podcast. You can also follow me, Johnny D, on Facebook at Motivational Cowboy. You can also follow me on Instagram at Motivational Cowboy and Twitter at MC Johnny D number four. Thanks again for hanging out with us on the Outstanding Life podcast. And until next time. Be safe, have fun, and have yourselves an outstanding day. Outstanding Life is a Soul Bridge Studio production.